You're listening to The People's Wrestling Podcast with your host, Aiden Bunker. Hi. Yes, it's me, Aiden Bunker, back once again to host another edition of The People's Wrestling Podcast. Joining me this week again, right in front of my face, is my brother, now one year older, Ali Bunker. Ali, how does it feel to be yet another year older? Hey! <laughs> yet another year. Um, You're racking them up, aren't you? No, quicker than anybody else does. <laughs> it feels alright, you know. Wake up. Any could, different? I've still got all functioning limbs. My back only hurts as much as it did about two days ago. So, um, yeah. No I'm difference good. there. I'm good. Hmm. Had a lovely birthday, thank you very much. Did, did you do anything for it? I went to work. Mm-hmm. And then I came home from work. And then... People like you came around. People like me, yeah. yeah. Had some cake. Yeah, people like me did have cake. That's about it. <laughs> then I went people to like me weren't invited. You live too Bullshit. far away. Well, maybe I would have made the effort for you. I highly doubt it. <laughs> On a Tuesday night. <laughs> but anyway. We record Wednesdays because we're fucking shite. Um, yes, that voice that you heard there belongs to Matt Bumby. The the uh, completion of our trio. Um, I can't really think of a better word there without taking too long. The apex of yeah. the triangle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what's going on? Go fuck yourself. Good start. Off to a good start. <laughs> Lots of harmony. I will not be doing that. Um, but Matt, what what have you been doing this week? You've you've seen the uh, you went to see the Lion King, didn't you? In person, it's going through the line. It sounds like you went on safari. <laughs> no, I just mean not on TV. Not on TV. The the play. The play. Yeah. Went to the theatre. At the theatre. Very civilized. An elephant hit me. Sorry, what? That's An sure. elephant hit me. That's a terrible nickname. Did you sue them? No, they just lifted it over me in the end. Why did you get hit by an elephant that needed to be lifted over you? Because they come we through the crowd, in, don't they? Yeah, and we were sat in the aisle seat, nah. and I'm, I'm a little bit bigger than the average man. Right, Yogi. <laughs> so you got whacked by an elephant. I did. Nice. Good day out. Good day out. <laughs> it was, and then I went to the beautiful thing that is Tottenham Hotspur's new stadium. Yeah. That's pretty massive. After, so I had a good weekend. I was going to say, your your Thursday um, spent at the theatre was most likely better and more interesting than, uh, and more entertaining than my Thursday spent at home watching Super Showdown. Hey. Which was... I mean, why the fuck would you watch it? Which was by... By all means, a terrible, terrible show. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean... I can't think of a single good thing to take from it. Yeah, this is what I was trying to think. There wasn't really, like, a real good match. No. Where I came, I came away thinking, wow, that was like match of the night. I mean, what would have been match of the night? God knows. <laughs> I mean, I was expecting... Probably, more... if it had to be won, the Raw Tag Team Championships. Yeah, probably, on the pre-show. That wasn't on the pre-show at all. It was midway through the show. Oh, right. Oh, Street Profits versus Rollins. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of Viking Raiders and OC. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably that one. It wasn't a bad match, that one. Yeah. 
But it yeah. wasn't great. There, was, there were quite a few This Is Awesome chants throughout the night and just made me think the bar is very low in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, the gauntlet match, what a absolute shit show. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of okay with the story of R-Truth just fumbling his way through. Didn't mind it. Um, it was a bit shit. And, yeah, then... <laughs> Could they have possibly done any more to spoil an Undertaker return? No. Announcing earlier in the day that the Undertaker's been spotted in um, in Saudi Arabia, in Riyadh, what's he going to do? And then they put a fucking video of him there anyway. And then... Backstage. Him beating up Carl Anderson and Gallows, not seeing him, but seeing his feet walking past, and, and just killed any kind of surprise pop or anything like that. Yeah, although it was never really going to be a surprise. No. Once the news had been leaked out a few weeks but ago. But that, that's the thing. They should never have... Like, why on the day would they... Like, the night after WrestleMania last year, they didn't put a that tweet a out surprise, saying, yeah. oh, the Undertaker's backstage at Raw, by the way. Maybe he'll show up. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to what do. What else would he be doing in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Just visiting Riyadh <laughs> on the same day as everyone else. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit shit. And then, yeah, winning with a choke slam. It didn't even take his hat off. When was the last time you won with a fucking choke slam? I oh, know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it didn't take his hat off. Essentially, AJ Styles was completely fresh. Yeah. He got beat by a choke slam. He wrestled two minutes against the already beaten R Truth, basically. Mm-hmm. Got beat by a choke slam. I know he could say well, he was off guard, I, but he had about I, 10 I minutes to prepare. Know what Bill Goldberg has on one of the Saudi princes. Yeah, why have they the got only a hard on for Goldberg? The Saudi princes or the Saudi Vinces? Because, I mean, he seems to have... He likes him, doesn't he? <laughs> for, an, for a WCW guy, <laughs> Vince has got a hard-on for Goldberg. According to Ryback, um, when he when he was there, he was never allowed any mention of Goldberg because apparently Vince and Triple H, in his words, fucking hated Goldberg. <laughs> Which, based off 2003 and four, wouldn't surprise me, but based off 2016 to 2020, kind of does. But I don't really understand what changed. It's not like he became a he massive movie off. star yeah. or anything like that, which would make him more of an attractive feature to WWE. He's just still Goldberg. He had a bad match with Lesnar. And basically, he came back just so his son could see him. And his son didn't give his a shit. His son didn't give a shit, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't care less. And kept taking his shirt off. I don't want to see that. Chubby little bastard. And do you know what's really annoying? Like, how, how did they convince Bray Wyatt to go, uh, well, go on then. Well, I mean, he doesn't have a choice. Yeah, I, I know Bray yeah, Wyatt... If I was in that meeting, I'd be like, I'm not fucking dropping it to win. Bray Wyatt supposedly is a very big fan of Goldberg. As a kid, he had he put up a post, I think, on Instagram when Goldberg challenged him um, with one, a picture of one of his tattoos saying, this is because of you, Goldberg. Um, apparently, he's very much a WCW guy. Fucking Mark. I know. Um, so it's probably kind of like a dream for him. Um, but yeah, just I just don't... way to way to kill a gimmick. Yeah, and then for him to go up behind him and look all angry and you think, oh shit, something's going to happen, and, it and like, like, the lights go off, and then he just fucked off. Like, come on, mate, really? But that like, Goldberg no soul like that bit at the end. He was like, well, fuck you, I've got the title now. Yeah, it was all a bit of shit. I mean, I had to admit, um, so I've, I instantly I was pissed off. I didn't watch the show. I was watching it, and then you messaged and told us the result, and I was just like, no, not watching it. That would piss me off. Um, 
And I've, I'm still pissed off about it. I think it's an absolutely ridiculous decision. However, I've seen some interesting theories about things. And personally, I think it's people trying to make sense the of rationale. the situation. I don't think it's something that WWE would thought. But interesting theory. Um, most of the themes viewed so far have uh, involved basically changing his opponents back into previous versions of themselves. Um, there was no previous version of Goldberg. He's always just been Goldberg. Mm. So that's why the fiend couldn't beat him maybe and what makes people very excited for his feud with john cena is that obviously john cena's got previous iterations of his character that's not gonna happen maybe we'll see some of that so the a lot of the rationale i've seen behind goldberg winning is as we've seen on on smackdown itself the goldberg and roman match and people are a lot more likely to want Roman to take the title off of Goldberg than they are to Roman to take the title off the Fiend, yeah. meaning they'll be less likely to shit on the match. How much but, better build would the Fiend oh, versus Roman on this match? But yeah, exactly. They're shitting all over this match. They're going to shit on Roman versus Goldberg. The only way that I can... Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. But like, it's... They're going to shit on... They were going to shit on Roman versus the Fiend. They're going to shit on Roman They'll shit on Goldberg. it if Roman, wa- if Roman won. Yeah. Wan. But then shit on it throughout the match. <laughs> Which ruins the I don't match. really know if they would, but it would just be like a bizarro land scenario where they'd be like, oh, I don't know why they're booing Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah. um, we have literally no idea why they're booing him. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, he is from Florida. Huh? He is from Florida, though. He is. So if Roman Reigns is going to beat Goldberg in his home state, and um, hopefully people won't shit on it too much. But you know what? They probably will. As long as it's not the main event. It probably then, will be. Then I'm going to shit all over it. Don't shit on it. <laughs> shit on it always makes me think of Friday night dinner. <laughs> I reckon The Rock's going to come back and do something. Oh, <laughs> oh shit on it. Um, no, I don't think he'll be there. Maybe if, if it's... Here's Florida. But it's not Miami. He doesn't give a shit about Tampa, does he? Um, this is assuming it's going ahead. Well, yeah, if, if we're not all dead. Oh, I read a report today that said... They will be going ahead, and it's um, your own risk, essentially. Yeah, it's your own risk, and they will have no responsibility of what happens. That sounds very WWE like. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like like access and the wrestlers, the amount of people they meet and handshake. I know they obviously they've always got their hand sanitizer anyway. Yeah. Um, but with the pure I mean, amount, the amount of people, of talent that we touched. That sounds very perfect. Um, and I mean, I've, I've not looked into this. I've literally just read one tweet about an hour ago, but I think the, the Arnold Classic um, Expo, which was due to draw like a quarter of a million people over the course of how long was, has been cancelled. Yeah, it's been quite a lot of sporting events cancelled. The, well, the Olympics played, are in doubt. Also, behind closed doors. They've also um, postponed the James Bond for seven months, apparently. What, filming of it? No, the the release of it. Why? Because people aren't going because out so much. they think it'll be affected. Opening weekend, it'll be affected by coronavirus. Guess it, yeah. It's probably a smart idea. Uh, one interesting byproduct of the coronavirus has been that fuel's gone down, so it's really cheap now if you want to buy some fuel. <laughs> oh, Hello, one sixteen I paid today. Yeah, one eighteen well, I paid yesterday for well, diesel. I filled, up, I, I filled up last Tuesday and it was like one twenty. Uh, I feel robbed now. Anyway, this is not a coronavirus podcast. 
Might as well be. Um, but I feel like I'm more invested in the coronavirus than I am in Goldberg as champion. So, um, I know what one I'd rather have. Uh, we've not seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one makes me want to die, and the other one would might make me die. I won't say what's what. Um, so yeah, the Goldberg will make you die. Um, we we've got that match set up, and and we also now have. Wyatt or the Fiend immediately moving on to John Cena. Did you no reference back to his title loss, by the way? Yeah, that was one thing I noticed. Throughout most of the night, with the exception of Miz and Morrison winning the titles and Goldberg winning the title, not necessarily beating the Fiend, just winning the title. The the SmackDown tag team match was pretty good as Super Shadow. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, I forgot about that. Kofi taking an awful bump. Who the fucking idea was that? Um, but yeah, so now we now we're moving on to Fiend versus Cena. What do we make of Cena's promo? Because the crowd were, were all over it; they loved him. It was in Boston. Um, what what do we make of Cena? He seemed quite emotional. Yeah, that's just, just acting. It's Hollywood Cena, though, isn't it? I mean, it's, it was all right. It was kind of generic Cena. We kind of had this with the Undertaker the year he fought the Undertaker at WrestleMania, where he started off for months just being like. Nothing for me. I'm not going to do anything with me. I'm just going to go as a fan. Which he did <laughs> for the first match. Um, so what do we make of John Cena being like, look, this year, all about the younger guys. I'm not going to take a spot. I'm going to come in and take a spot. Fiend comes out and points at the sign and he goes, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> without yeah, without hesitation. Well, to be fair, has he accepted the match? It's been made official. Fuck sake. <laughs> Yeah, it is a bit weird. You made it because it, it, you're right. It was slightly emotional, and he was made a very big point of I not don't taking know the next a spot. Time I'm going to be back, taking a spot from someone like more deserving, and like all it took was someone to point at a sign. And and do you know what? Board. I'm actually quite glad we're not going this year. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what? Between that and the coronavirus, Corona, yeah. and Roman and Goldberg, I don't know. <laughs> what do we? What do we think about... So there's been a lot of talk about The Fiend pointing at the sign. What do we make of this? Um, I'll tell you my opinion. I thought it was after. pretty um, anti-Fiend. I feel like maybe they could have done something more interesting, like where the lights go out and then the light just shines on the WrestleMania sign or something and then The Fiend's laughing against the background, you know? Or just lights go out, spotlight appears on the WrestleMania sign, spotlight appears on stage mm. and it's Fiend standing there all pointing. Yeah, that might have been quite cool. I I, I kind of like the way they did it. The camera angles were great. That yeah, the they didn't have him do it while Cena was in the ring. Mm. It made they made him leave and made you think, oh, I'm not saying the SmackDown. Mm. Um, no, I would have liked it to be in the funhouse, and Bray just have the sign and wave at Cena. And I, I'd love it if it was like a um, homemade like crayon sign. <laughs> Or oh, like one stitched together of previous WrestleMania signs. I mean, I don't Blend know between why that and WrestleMania thirty fucking scriptwriters. I know, man. We don't have to be there. Mm. We can remote in. <laughs> you only need a laptop to write, okay? I liked. Um, I can't... Just give us the four weeks. That's all I want. Four weeks in the pay per view, and then Good I'll show you how good we are. Probation period. Yeah. <laughs> I liked. I, I didn't. I wasn't against the fiend pointing at the sign. I personally took it as a bit of character development. It's very different for him. He's, I don't know, a bit more human. 
Yeah. But, like, do you want that? I think so, because I don't think there's any denying that eventually he's going to become a face. Isn't there? I don't... I think it has to happen at some point. The crowd love him. Um, And he's... He's going the way of the cool bad guy character that the crowd aren't going to boo. Can he really turn that character into a face? I know that, obviously, Undertaker's done it. I think it's with that kind of character, it's, it's the kind of character where you don't really need to change that much. Well, I guess so. The, you'd have the Just fire... stop attacking bad guys, uh, good guys and attack bad guys. Yeah. It was like, remember when Elias turned, didn't do anything different. Yeah. He just beat up Baron Corbin instead of Jason Jordan. Yeah. Um, Jason Jordan, that's a blast from the I know. Um, and I think you could do most of the babyface work with um, Funhouse Bray. Um, <clears throat> just be a bit not, like... Sometimes less, a bit less sinister, probably when it needs to be, and yeah, just having target the good, uh, bad guys instead. So. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah I well, I think I think he should just plug into it into the fiends when he feels like he can't defeat someone on his own. So it'd be like Finn Balor. Yeah, but a little bit better than that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. I just feel like I don't know how well the Funhouse Bray gets over. In ring, it didn't go particularly well when he faced was it Miz? Yeah, yeah. at TLC. When he faced Miz at TLC, it just didn't come across particularly well. I don't think. Uh, I don't know whether people would um, stay on board with that, but you never know. People like weird shit these days. Let's be honest. I think it's probably killed it. Goldberg winning. I'm not sure it has. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't go that far. I don't think it particularly helps much, but. The Fiend is, what, eight months into his character development. It's not the end of the world for him. It's just not the best thing that could possibly have happened. Imagine if you, the rub people would have got if you just beat Goldberg. Yeah, I get the thinking that supposedly Goldberg's a star and he might casual likes, viewers more likely to watch when he's on. But... Who likes Goldberg? The thing is, apparently, the photo of him holding up the title on Instagram was their most liked picture on Instagram well, ever. Vince has got like, everybody to create <laughs> robot accounts. accounts. So, yeah, just, he's a, got a bot you team. Know, I don't know if it is, because like, I'm going to this fucking, for the love of wrestling thing, and loads of people are like, oh, I've got a picture and an autograph of Goldberg. I couldn't give two fucks. Yeah, that's the thing. Apparently, ratings go up when he's on. Um, like you hear the crowd reactions when he comes out and people lose their minds and yeah I like maybe just because we weren't WCW guys I don't know I wouldn't I I don't feel the same way about The Undertaker I I love The Undertaker but if The Undertaker's going to be in the main event of a for a title match and beat a younger talent I'm not going to be all for that no No, I'm sure Michael's coming back and beating the thing I'd fucking hate that the other thing is, like, he's never been good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his whole his whole gimmick has stayed the same throughout twenty years. You can't necessarily say that about a lot of people. Um, but you know what? Speaking of gimmicks, the less said about Goldberg and stuff, yeah. the better. So, um, as yeah, Goldberg. If you were listening to last week's episode, you'll know that we did part one of a uh, gimmick match special, which uh, where we went over four gimmick match types, um, being ladder match, hell in a cell, elimination chamber, and I quit. And talking about our favourites, the impact those matches have had, um, I think the ones that stand out to us, 
all that kind of stuff. I thought it was quite interesting to kind of go through match types that we maybe uh, think aren't used enough these days. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to start with one of those being Iron Man. I can't really remember the last time we got an Iron Man match. Um, Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler. Oh, that was an Iron Man, wasn't it? A half an hour one, wasn't it? Yeah, they only do the half hours these days because uh, people, people won't have. Yeah, people won't. They'll say it's boring, and it was automatically a well, bad they, match. They shout on that one, so. Only because of the bloody timer, which yeah. fucking pisses me off. Um, but yeah, what do we make of Iron Man matches? Are we are we a fan? Um, what what are some of our favourites or any any ones that stand out to us as memorable for any well, reason? I mean, personally, yes, I am a fan. I think um, an Iron Man slash Woman match um, is definitely only reserved for certain feuds between certain types of wrestler. Definitely, no, no Goldbergs. Yeah, no Goldbergs, no Lesnar's, for instance. Although he has actually been in. <laughs> well, yeah, back when he could be bothered. Yeah. Um, but I think it's you know Bret Hart Shawn Michaels was obviously the first one stands out obviously for it being the very first instance we'd seen in WWE TV of, uh, of that and it was the main event of WrestleMania as well um, and for for a long long time I remember thinking oh wow this is such a this was such a great match like it was brilliant uh, and then it, you kind of watch it back now and it doesn't really stand up particularly well I mean it's yeah still good. I see a few people say it's the most overrated um, WrestleMania match. Of all time. But it was, com- it was completely different to any other match we'd ever seen in WWE at that point. You know, I mean, no match goes that long and still finishes as a draw, nil-nil at the end and then has sudden death. Mm. Um, but I definitely think that the two, those two workers, types of worker, are the, the people who can carry an Iron Man match really, really well. Also, Tony Chimmel takes a hell of a super kick. Yes, he does. Right on this. Um... But yeah, so I think, personally, I'm a fan of them, but I don't want to just see any two people in an Iron Man match. We don't want to go through that period that we went through um, with two out of three falls matches every week. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't put the two out of three falls matches on my list of gimmick matches. Because they fucked it, they They ruined it. Completely That was such a weird time. Can't have wrestling during the adverts. It's about ten, three out of... Two out of three four matches. In the space of about weeks. four weeks, yeah, it was ridiculous. Um but AEW with tag matches. <laughs> it was absolute lunacy, is what it was. Um yeah, it was a very strange time. But I'm I'm a matches. A certain type of worker, I think it really works really, really well. Um Sean Brett, Sasha Bailey in NXT. I mean Brock and Kurt at the time. Brilliant. Um and then Seth and Dolph. I think that might have been a five star from Meltzer, that one. Might have been. On SmackDown. Didn't Triple H have one? Triple H and The Rock. The Rock. Rock. Forgot about that one. Judgment Day. Return of The Undertaker. Love that. Love that moment. Oh, yeah. It was The Return of The Undertaker. He's here. The second second dime match they'd ever had in WWE. Um, And it was completely different from the first one because it finished like 5-4 or something. Um, Or maybe 6-5. With a bit of a clusterfuck ending. Yeah, it didn't go particularly smoothly at the end. But, yeah. There was a lot of people, a lot of moving parts. Not enough time. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Shawn Michaels in some very short shorts. Which you'd come to expect by that point. Yeah. Um, Matt, you got any, you, do you have a particularly, f- do you have a favourite um, Iron Man match or one that stands out to you for any reason? I mean, of course, it's got to be Brett Shawn. 
just because that was at the time was our our biggest feud, weren't it? Oh, by far, yeah. Yeah, it, it, and with a lot of these gimmick matches, you find it can be hard to top the first one. Um, one of the things I've always found quite strange about Iron Man matches is um, you get people who can... Normally, the main event's a half-an-hour match, um, and it takes half an hour for someone to beat the other, whereas in an Iron Man match, it can end 5-5. Five five. <laughs> yeah. right, there's 10 falls in an hour, really. Um, I've always thought with an Iron Man match that the, the sort of process should be like the first ball is always the hardest to get. Uh, it should probably take about half an hour, but like if you then you you know do tire and falls become easier to get because yeah. you you're tired and you hurt you know. And, and like, the other thing is, it, really it should be like... if someone puts you in a submission hold, you just tap out. Yeah, exactly. That's what I always think. Don't bother holding on yeah. unless you know that you can get to the rope. Yeah. Um, but the good thing with the Ironman matches is that there are a lot of stories you can tell throughout. You can have someone race into an early lead and have some of the opponent have to come from behind and all that. Um, one of some of the best ones I've I've seen or liked of where I think Triple H and The Rock was a good example of this, where Triple H intentionally got himself disqualified for one of the four. Whacked him over the head with a chair. Just The Rock so much that he could pin him twice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, that's smart, right? You do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I like the stories that they tell. And I, so Iron matches for me, Iron Man matches for me are something I'd like to see them do more, but not too much more. I think mean, just like every couple of years, I'd like to see one. Well, I'm actually intrigued to go back and watch that Triple H for the World One. Actually, I only I only ever go back to watch the Undertaker moment. To be fair, just an absolute mess of a return. It was so good. It was so great at such a great moment. But like the camera, camera got fucked, fucked up. up yeah. The motorbike fucked up. Like the commentators didn't know what was going on. Um, Shawn Michaels didn't do the right, <laughs> right thing at the right time. Well, in fact, the Undertaker probably didn't do the right thing at the right time. And yeah, it was just a bit weird. But it was such a great moment. So, who who do we think then has made the most? Um, Iron Man match appearances. Well, I think it's got to be tied, right? You've got Brent Sean have got one each. There's a tie for first place between two guys. Kurt Angle. Correct. He's got three, so the other person has three. Three? Mm. I don't even got one. Kurt Angle, he had one against Chris Benoit. Who? Chris Benoit. <laughs> Who's Chris Benoit? Um, and he also had one with Shawn Michaels. Oh, then it's Shawn Michaels. Then I'll go with Shawn Michaels. But I can think of only two for him, so... Well, that's because he's only been in two. The other first-place person with three appearances, Bret Hart. Why can't I... What? Do you want to know why? It's a bit of a... um, bit of a loophole in this one. Are they counting the sudden death? Bret Hart... (laughs) Before the first the, the WrestleMania match with Sean had uh, one in a house show with Ric Flair in 1993, mm. and won another one in a house show with Owen Hart in 1994. Ah. Imagine having an Iron Man match on a house show. Well, well you one. say that. Um, several Iron Man matches are taking place at house shows. The Rockers faced off against the Ruto Brothers in a tag throughout Iron much Man. of ni- eight, no, uh, 1989, which is before. Um, these I mean, Bret Hart that ones. Must be difficult. Yeah. Bret Hart wrestled in 93 and 94. John Cena faced off against Seth Rollins for Cena's United States Championships at House Shows in October 2015. 
and Kevin Owens and AJ Styles face off in 30 minute Ironman matches for the Intercontinental Championship at house shows in March 2016 wow so AJ Styles comes into the company in January and in February he's having Ironmans (laughs) I think that would be really good to see at our event yeah yeah would be quite cool it was just I've never heard of it before so Bret Hart been in three one two Kurt Angle been in three lost all three of them um Oh, poor Kurt. I know. Let's I bet his ankle hurts. <laughs> He'll make your ankle hurt. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Um, and let's stick with a, a similar kind of theme in ones that we don't see much these days, or maybe it doesn't quite work to the extent as it used to. The last man standing match. Absolutely hate them. They can be very hit or miss. Cannot stand last stand, last man standing matches. Last stand manding. I think, do you know what it is? It's the early, like when they get knocked down and the ref's like, one, yeah. two, you know, fuck off. It's such an anti-climax. You have a violent match full of like, cool looking spots and then you're like, now I've got to count for 10 seconds slowly so that someone can be counted out. Mm. No, it's boring. You do get some good ones out of it though. You've got... First one was fine. <laughs> One of my personal favourites is. You know what? I'm just going to say it. I can't actually pick. I can't even think of one. Jericho Triple H. Jericho Triple H. It's a very good one. 2000. But also, Jericho Kane. I I remember that one. At um, Armageddon 2000. That was a very good one, in my opinion, with Kane hand bursting through the. uh, Pile of barrels that got put on top of him. Yeah, um, that's the, that's the formula I'm tired of. Like the big man getting crushed by stuff, like being piled on by things just to try and keep them down. It's just uh, boring. Been done. I'm glad they don't do them. <laughs> oh, I do remember one. Wasn't Crush versus it's Randy Savage? Macho man. Uh, yeah, WrestleMania ten. ten so this yeah. was the um, well. Was it a last man standing match? I think it was a Falls Count Anywhere match. Actually, yeah, I think that's more likely. But it was such a weird format. They had to... Oh, they had to get back to the ring, to the ring, yeah. yeah. It wasn't... Yeah, it's not a um, last man standing match. The first one ever. The Undertaker. Uh, in your house, 12. It's time. Defeated the Executioner. Executioner, yeah. Um, but then, another one I, I don't remember. Mankind versus The Rock at um, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Apparently ended in a no contest. Yeah, I can't remember the end of that, but I do remember it happened. Do you know one you will remember? Braun Strowman. Shane McMahon versus The Big Show. Yeah. Shane jumped off the uh, SummerSlam set. Oh, uh, yeah. He did. I remember No, that. Backlash set, even. Not SummerSlam. That was, that was Steve Blackman. Very, Black <laughs> very drunk. I think he was as well. Um, yeah, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley. Did they have one? Yeah. Yeah, they had one last year. That's I mean, the, the less time spoken about this, the better. Because I think it's a shit concept. Yeah, I'm not keen on him. Braun Strowman been in three. He wasn't at... The, the, don't, I don't have this one against Bobby Lashley registered, but I think I'm pretty sure. Maybe it wasn't a last man standing match then. Must have been. Because apparently he yeah, defeated Kane on Raw, defeated Roman Reigns on Raw. And also defeated Sami Zayn on Raw. I remember the Sami Zayn one. 
Yeah, I remember that one. That was a good one. I like that feud. Um, D- uh, Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens at the Royal Rumble 2016. I remember them being in a good match. Mm. I didn't think it was a last man standing match. Um, John Cena, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt defeated Jimmy Uso on SmackDown. There's oh, been for fuck's sake. Four, well, as of last time this page was updated, 41. Bray um, Wyatt versus Jimmy Uso in a last man standing match. Yeah. Most recent one, according to this page, but I'm pretty sure it definitely was last. Lashley and um, Strowman one was the last man standing. The most recent one being Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano at TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Well, I mean, that was a good match. That was a good match. So, and I liked the ending of that as well. There's been a lot, and Cena's been in a lot. Can see by this. I don't have the uh, record appearances on this one, though. Yeah, Extreme Rules. It was a last man standing match. Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman. So that page needs updating. Um, so yeah, we're obviously not too keen. I think it can work in a few um, circumstances, but I don't know if it really works these days with the crowd and the type of match that you can actually have in terms of violence and physicality. Exactly. That's that's the main issue. How there isn't enough. That you your hands strong, you can't do much that's going to force your opponent to whack the shit out of them with weapons, exactly and, like bloody them and stuff. So, you can't really have this type of match anymore. I don't think I just think it's not gonna work. Yeah, well, one type of match that we also don't see a lot anymore, and I've never really seen a lot of in the first place is the submission match. Yeah, we don't really see this one very often. I think um, I think there is a reason for it. Um, I'm not sure people want to see them that much these days. I think well, the theory I'm of it is not quite... Sure. I think people like I'm not sure that people like a submission finish. Yeah. You see them less and less now, don't you? We got one... It wasn't... Um, Becky versus Natalia at SummerSlam. That was a submission match. That was match, a wasn't submission it? match, yeah. And I thought that was pretty, it was quite decent actually. Um, and obviously, like I said, um, I'm, well, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been the first one, but you're not going to find one that tops Stone Cold Bret Hart, are you? No. Not going to find yeah, many matches in general <laughs> that will top that. Not for impact and, and moments, I guess. No, but um, yeah, I mean. That's the first one I can think of. I can't think. I mean, so let, let's talk about that match for a second. Go for it. I've always wondered how much this match would stand up, um, and the impact the match would have, and how iconic it would be if Stone Cold wasn't bleeding. Yeah, or he wasn't bleeding as much. <laughs> yeah, or if he bled and then it just kind of yeah, just he drip down his face. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be hard to say that it would. It's still have a good match, but this is a classic um, example well, of blood making match. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it'd be hard to say it wouldn't have had much of an impact, but it definitely would. I think the impact would have been lessened. Um, yeah, I still. Yeah, it's still a great match. Yeah, um, but um, but. I that that moment would that be re, would that have been replayed so often no. if Austin didn't have blood streaming down into now. his mouth? <laughs> um, I, I've always wondered how intentional the heel and face turns were in that match. Um, whether it just came naturally to both of them. 
I mean, Stone Cold wasn't a face turn, to be fair. He just didn't want to lose. Yeah, I think um, from from hearing Stone Cold on on his podcast talk about it, it was the plan. Mm. Um, But it wasn't, like, it was the plan pretty recently, like, pretty soon before the match. Mm. Um, And how Vince originally wasn't going to let them do blood, and they just did it. Brett just did it anyway. Yeah. Um, I think Brett did it for him, didn't he? Yeah, Stone, yeah, because yeah, I think it's something I said he'd not really had done it before. Yeah. Um, who is the person who came up with the idea of turning Stone Cold Steve Austin face? Because I feel like they deserve some sort of bonus. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> uh, they made the right call, I think. For once. Didn't it have, didn't it have something to do with Vince Russo? <clears throat> oh, I hope not. I'm not giving him a bonus. <laughs> I think it Jeez. actually did. Wow. You've been riding off that one for the last 25 years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a great moment. And I can't think of a better submission match, you're right. Uh, I can't think of any others other than Becky versus Nanny, So <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there would have been one with like Benoit Angle. Benoit, Benoit or, and, I was say Benoit Angle, and Angle. Or Jericho. One of those combinations of people definitely had one. Yeah. But other than that, I feel like The Rock was in one once. No, Stone Cold was in another one. I think. I'll try to find a page because annoyingly Wikipedia, uh, Wikipedia, Wikimedia. doesn't um, have one. Um, so just bear with me one second. Well, I'm also googling. See if I can beat you. Some of the most notable. Just you crack on. <laughs> uh, right, so. Chris Ang- uh, fuck's sake. Chris Kurt Angle. Angle and Chris Benoit in an ultimate submission match are being 30 minute contest with the ultimate wrestler who forces the most submission yeah. taking the win. So it's a hybrid of um, Iron Man and yeah. submission match. First one that comes to mind is the main event at WrestleMania 30 where Daniel Bryan. Okay. The first one, <laughs> the first one that comes to mind is the match in the main event of WrestleMania 30 where Daniel Bryan defeated Triple H. Oh, in the first match. But that wasn't a submission match. That was a match won by submission. It wasn't. It was won by the knee. Oh, it was. The main event was won by the submission. Um, yeah. Let's let's move on with this match because. Um, well, just looking at Jericho versus Benoit. Yeah. Benoit versus Angle. I remember that one actually. Come to think of it. That was with Stu Hart at ringside. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart. Obviously, um, there was a triple threat submission match, um, which I did not know about. That sounds like out of two dear booking. No, it wasn't. It was. Wasn't hey. there a submission match between Bob Backman and Bret Hart? Bret Hart. Well, at Survivor Series? It's interesting because I'm not sure if it was a submission match, but. That's what we've got written down here. Someone's called it a towel match. Oh, yeah, it's not a towel match, is it? Just because he threw in the towel. Yeah, well. Uh, she threw in the towel. It was Bret Hart's mum who threw in the towel. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus The Miz versus John Morrison. Triple threat submissions count anywhere match. What the fuck? At Hell in a Cell 2010. I have no recollection of that. Apparently it's a great match. I can imagine it would be decent. But, yeah, they, they don't really do a lot of the, the submission matches anymore. Um, there's not a lot of people really who have submission like specialties, I would say. Yeah. In current WWE landscape. No, Shana, Shana, Becky, Natalia, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. 
Yeah, you could do, but he has also got his I impact feel like finishes. John Cena would have had a submission map. Yeah, I'm sure he would have done. Uh, well, he had the would have had a last was it I quit or last man standing against Umaga? Don't know. He had don't, the one. Don't care. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on because we obviously don't really know how much about submission no, matches. But I, as, as a concept, I like them. I just don't think people will get on board because it's. Um, it's just not that sudden impact of the win you know, with, with the pinfall that people... Like. Yeah, I always prefer pinfall victories, yeah. especially if it's going to be like um, the main event of a WrestleMania. Like, I wish Daniel Bryan won with the knee yeah. um, rather than having Michael Cole saying, tap out Batista, tap out Batista, yeah. tap out... Like, fuck off. They went for, WWE went for a long, long period of big matches ending in submissions, and I just I prefer the pins, man. Benoit did it in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. And one of the things which, like, I felt like I felt kind of stupid. Cena made Shawn Michaels and Triple H tap out WrestleMania. Yeah, back to back. I felt like a bit of a mark um, <laughs> when watching the uh, um, Ruthless Aggression documentary on Evolution because they got to the bit at SummerSlam 2004 where Randy Orton wins the title. And um, you see him do the RKO on Benoit and you see Benoit laying on the ground. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. They, after all of these have, have at least showed, like I, I know that obviously they still show him on the network. They just don't put his like titles and yeah. his matches and it's stuff. Not the same thing. I did mention um, it by name. But yeah, I was, I was surprised that they put. I just assumed it would be like fade to black. You'd hear the audio and then it would cut to one with the title. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I felt like a bit of a mark being like, oh my god, they showed Benoit, but you know they don't do it in new new material these days. So. Yeah. That was a thing. Um, a thing that happened. A, th- a thing that happens quite a lot in WWE. Cage matches. Well, tonight. <laughs> oh, NXT. Two, right? of, two, of, two yeah. of them on NXT. Um, Which I'm sure will be better. love a bloody cage match, though. I do and I don't. Yeah. They had that. Like, when, they're, when you get I, them right, they're good. I miss the blue cage, if I'm going to be honest. I mean, I, I don't mind what cage people are fighting in. Um, I just... Do you know what I don't like? Pinfalls and submissions inside I've the cage. never agreed with that. Submissions for a start. There's no road breaks in a cage match. Exactly. There's no disqualifications. So just lock a submission on and never let go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, nobody does that because that would be too logical. And also slightly boring to watch. Um, People don't necessarily agree with the concept of Babyface trying to escape in order to win. It's more of a heel move. Is it though? You're trying to win the match. Yeah. That's Babyface. Did anyone else see the cage match in AEW? Yeah. And they were like, the boring concept of escaping is no longer part of the cage match in AEW. Like, fuck off. But to be fair... They kept saying about how they were going to be different and an alternative, and so far they've not really been that different. So at least they're doing something different. Something different. Um, I used to. It used to be a case that only heels would try and escape through the door, um, but no one would ever escape through the door. It would always end up with the baby face going over the top um, mm-hmm. and escaping. And that, you know, back in the you know early to mid nineties, that was always the case. That would be how someone won that match. Now it's just so many different ways you can win. Very rarely do cage matches end with someone. Yeah, they're all pinfalls these days. Yeah. 
Like, the climbing adds to the drama. Yeah. And when you stop someone at the top and someone's dangling over the edge or whatever. And, yeah. Um, one that I always struggled with is tag team cage matches where, but thinking back to um, Edge and Christian versus the Hardys, yeah. where you escape the cage... You leave your partner in there. Leave your partner in there against two oh, yeah. and you're not really allowed back in. Yeah. That's stupid. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? Yeah. No um, no one would just no one would ever leave the cage unless both your opponents are down and you both go at the same at time. The same time. Um, but to be fair, Jeff got knocked off. Yeah. And fell. Um so there was that, up, but yeah. It's ta- tag team cage matches maybe don't work but there's been so many cage matches over the years they've been around forever yeah. in various different forms they've spawned a few different match types of their own um, such as Hell in a Cell War Games Elimination um, Chamber War Games um, Kennel from Hell <laughs> you know, I was going to talk about one later <laughs> Um, so it's the pyramid one that they did in WCW. WCW. It's definitely become a staple of WWE. You see it every couple of months. Um, you've had what? What would you say are some of the most iconic moments from the cage matches? Or what else? Big Big Show's first uh, appearance as Paul White. I mean, I wasn't thinking of that one, but no, you're right. It is a quite. Vince McMahon cool almost dying. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That, that bit as well. Um, obviously, there's a Jimmy Snooker moment which gets played a lot when it, with regards to Mick Foley and his like journey to WWE and into wrestling. Um, and his literal journey to Madison Square Garden to get there. Yeah. And I think um, so. That's a fairly iconic moment. He was. I think I might be wrong, but I think that was probably the first time someone had jumped off the cage to do a move. Basically, uh, it's yeah, the most it well known, if not. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely the most well known in like WWE. Anyway, um, uh, aside from that, I mean, Brett and Owen had a brilliant one at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. That was probably one of my favorite cage matches. Um, obviously, one of the biggest ones they ever did was Hogan versus Bundy. Um, I was just about to say that one. You don't get a lot of them at Manias. No, uh, you get Hell in Cells sometimes, but um, not cage matches. We've had what, two? Brock, Triple H, Shane, Undertaker. That wasn't Hell in Cells. Was it not Hell in Cells? Oh, we've had Triple H, Undertaker, so we've had Triple three. Triple H, Undertaker, yeah, that's the one, yeah. I'm sure there's another one, but yeah, anyway. Um, Undertaker, Boss Man. Undertaker, Boss Man, that's the one. Well, less said about that one, the better. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, cage matches for me, they can be really, really good. I think WWE for a stage of just overusing them. Yeah, well, I suppose before Hell in a Cell came along, that was the feud ender, I guess, wasn't it? It was the be all end all. Yeah, I mean, um, three stages from Hell incorporated cage matches. We've had like asylum matches. Which I was... love a three stages of Hell. Yeah, when I was putting my list together last week. I thought that's something that they just don't use anymore that they really should. Yeah. And I mean, NXT could surely do it. I mean, they, we had essentially that with Gargano and Adam Cole. Yeah. Um, which their final match was in a cage with weapons and shit. Um, Slightly disappointing though, I thought that match was. Yeah, maybe. 
Can't remember too I much. Think you're wrong. To be fair. Uh-huh. But. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the Rock. Um, I think was it Rock Mankind and Triple H had a triple threat cage match. I might be making that up. It might have just been Mankind and Triple H. Mankind and Triple H had the one in '97 where he jumped off the top. Yeah, I think that was the one I'm thinking of. Thomas Slam '97. Yeah. Um, Jad Rikishi jumping off the top and gone squashing Val Venus. Yeah, forgot about that. Really cool cage match moments. I just think you've had Jeff Hardy doing last... whisper, in the, whisper in the wind off the top. I just think in the last twelve years, maybe they've just been a bit like meh. Yeah. I mean, we had the one at the Super Zero down the other day, and it was a bit meh. Oh yeah, that, yeah. We literally had one the other day. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Um, I like them. Slightly overused for me. Yeah. Bring back the old cage for me. Bad Blood 2004. Just have to get it right. One of my favourite cage type matches. That was Shawn Michaels Shawn Triple, Triple H. H yeah. yeah, they always had good matches in that time. Yeah. I just don't like the new cage. I don't mind, but because they changed it up a little bit, didn't they? And then they went to that messy shit. They I have like, like they're, they're, they've got panels now yeah. rather than. Like a whole wall of the uh, of the cage, they've got a little pat. They make up of panels. Um, we've had one, another moment. Which you, I don't know if you remember. We've had Bobby Lashley running and jumping into the side of a cage, knocking the wall down and crushing Umaga. That one's gone from my memory. Anything involving Umaga, I just didn't really watch. It was a very cool moment, to be fair. She just like runs, bounces off the didn't, ropes, sprints, and just jumps into the wall and knocks it down. And the wall collapses Roman, and he rolls down the wall into the warehouse table. <laughs> didn't Roman spear Brock Lesnar through one as well? Yeah, and that's, that was quite a that good, was that, that, was, that a, was at the first Saudi that was show. Saudi show, wasn't it? Um, that was really well executed. That also Strowman didn't he charge Big Big Show through the cage wall and that was like yeah, last week. Yeah, it was like okay, he just broke his right. hip. Yeah. Um, Alright, here you go. I'm going to show you the video of Lashley's pretty cool jump. Oh. <laughs> Bit of advertising. Sponsored by Paddy Power. It's good audio. I mean, this video is great. <laughs> yeah, you won't hear anything. So, Rubaga's on the outside. He's going nuts. Bobby Lashley's just beating um, uh, Bob Holly. Why is Rubaga there? Because they were in a feud at the time. Why is he in a cage match with Bob Holly then? Because it's ECW. Here he goes, he jumps. Oh, <laughs> fuck it <out. laughs> Jesus. It was very, it was pretty cool. Um, I, the only reason I really remember is because I saw it come up the other day on my memories because I think it was like a on this day thing. Um, so, yeah. Any other cage match moments before we move on to the next one? I'm sure there's oh, plenty here. Oh, can't really think of him. No. I mean, Shane McMahon, when he jumped off onto the Mean Street Posse. Yeah. That was like one of the first instances of Shane just being a crazy guy. Crazy Shane. Um, one of Rey Mysterio's early moments was jumping off a cage on SmackDown. Anything involved? I, mean, I think the Hardys and Cesaro and Sheamus had a good tag team cage match a couple of years back. Did they? Yeah. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure they did. Um, but yeah, I like a cage match. I just sometimes wish a bit less. Yeah, it, it does happen very. You get, what, probably minimum five a year oh, on yeah, TV, yeah. maybe? 
mean, there's two in one night in NXT. We had one on Thursday at Super Showdown. Yeah, I just want to see less of them. Fair enough. And reserved for actual feuds. Yeah. I mean, we said this about Hell in a Cell. I don't want to see people in a cage match that don't need to be in a cage match. Well, it's the first time they've actually faced each other and they're not in like a proper feud feud yet. It'd be like, I don't so they've just put AJ Styles versus Alistair Black at Elimination Chamber and No Holds Barred. I'm alright with that. Yeah? Oh, fair enough. I'm alright with that. But imagine if they put them in a steel cage. It's like, (laughs) why? They'd literally have one interaction or maybe two weeks of interaction now. Not worthy of a steel cage match. That's all. Wouldn't put it past him. Um, Alright. We've got six minutes before Matt's got to go to bed. We've got two match sites to talk about. Well, one of them I think we need to dedicate an episode to. <laughs> Which is fine. We can do that. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of out of season. Why don't we just now. do that next week? Well, we've got Elimination Chamber pay view coming up this weekend, don't forget. So we need to talk about that one. Yes. And talk about how. Uh, Fallout from that and how WrestleMania is shaping up. Um, so what's the last one you've got? So the last one we've got then is Street Fight slash No DQ slash Falls Count Anywhere slash Extreme Rules yeah. slash um, Unsanctioned Match yeah. slash Hardcore Match. Yeah. Whatever combination, <laughs> whatever name you want to give it. Essentially, no slash anything that involves a kendo stick. Because um, to be yeah. fair, Falls Count Anywhere has never had, like, it, people assume and it just automatically ends up as no disqualification. But it should just be but, no count outs, really. Yeah, really. You can get disqualified outside the ring. Um, so these kind of matches, again, too often, too many of them, but they do, in main events of big shows, they do add something that I like. Do they work anymore? Yes, they can if you're smart about it. I think we've seen many examples of ones that are just there just because. But yeah. ones that are actually they think about put effort into writing a story through, for instance, Gargano, Champa. So that's what I was going to say. It's another instance of where NXT gets them right yeah. without needing headshots and blood. Yeah, exactly. They get them right. And I think part of that is the risks that those performers take. They take a bit more risk, not in terms of the, necessarily the violence, stunts. but just the stunts. Yeah. Um, the only thing that gets me is the amount of table spots the crowd in America love a bloody table spot at the minute I just don't understand it in any any match cons- that has no disqualification no disqualification type rules you get we want tables from the second minute they bloody love it as soon as someone goes like, teases getting a table out they erupt yeah as if they didn't like they Never seen it before. It's been so long. Yeah, it literally would have been earlier in the show. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but this is literally where heels need to be like, no, nah, not using them. Yeah, sometimes they do, um, but it's few and far between. Or just pull it halfway out and be like, ah, nah, fuck it. <laughs> That's what she Yeah. Said. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Do you know what no disqualification type matches should be known as these days? Um, what? Clusterfuck. Chair shot to the back match. Chair shot to the, yeah. This is there's two things. Chair I can't imagine the and the ribs. Um, and can't um, imagine tables. how much people's backs hurt after those matches these days. Yeah, I don't know. And it's around the I tell you what, have you, have you put watched screwdrivers in people's ears? Is that <laughs> yeah, true. Have you watched some of the chair shots from back in the day? And it just makes you go, oh. Yeah, I do that. Like 
because I used to, I remember, I think I tweeted this a few weeks ago, like, back when I was a kid, I used to watch, just like, compilations of the loudest chair shots and be like, yeah, that was fucking awesome. Um, and now, like, I can still appreciate a good one, but I also go, like, oh, I wonder how much damage that particular chair shot caused. <laughs> yeah. Like, Those are the ones I always remember. Uh, oh, that one's a concussion. That Edge and Christian used to do. Yeah, there was but one. The proper ones where they used to just smack the shit out of them. There was one particularly bad one, and it was Edge doing it to Christian yeah. in the ladder match they had, I think at No Mercy, mm. where he did it from the top of the ladder, and Christian fell to the floor, and Edge got the, I think it was in a continental title, and he looked down at Christian, and Christian's arm was like convulsing and shaking, and he was like, oh man, he's really selling the hell out of this. And he gets backstage and realised he's concussed to fuck. <laughs> Imagine thinking someone's really selling really well <laughs> and you go back and you find out you've almost killed them. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oops. Sorry. Personal favourite street fights. Um, obviously, there's Royal Rumble 2000 between Mick Foley and Triple H. Yeah. Um, obviously. But mine also includes Mick Foley but versus Edge at WrestleMania 22. Mine Bloody love that one. Mick Foley versus Randy, Randy Orton. Orton. Yeah, Mick Foley, he was, a bit, he was all right, wasn't he? He was a bit hardcore. He was a little bit. Yeah. Um, Love the tack. Notable, notable entries, probably Shawn Michaels, Triple H, SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. Also love love that one. Brilliant, brilliant. Shane versus Vince, WrestleMania. Shane versus Vince. Yeah. Vince versus Hogan. Vince versus Shawn. Vince versus Shawn was a better one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same WrestleMania 22. Yeah. Love that one. Love that one. Uh, there's been so many of them, uh, but I think, um, these days they're worn down to an extent where not particularly enjoyable and the good the high quality ones are few and far between which is fine I'm alright with that you get the same with normal matches like the high quality ones aren't all the time which is what you expect but yeah. very formulaic very much the same is this another case of like with cage matches where you just see them too often yeah and familiarity you, unless you're doing something people. new what's the point yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and doesn't happen often enough to get new stuff. Yeah. So, we have one remaining gimmick match left, but I think we'll park that for another time. I won't yeah. tell you what it's it is. It's a big is. one. won't tell you what it is. Um, so, yeah, well, I think we, we may at some point, when, when we're low on episodes, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll bash bring that, that one out. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> Um... So yeah, that that brings to a close our review of what turned out to be our top nine gimmick matches. Top nine in WWE. Hey, what other podcast has nine in their countdown? Well, hey, true. Um, we really didn't do a countdown either because we didn't talk. Yeah, for didn't even no, give them numbers. Didn't do any kind of order. Yeah, fuck it. Um, so this kind, of, this kind of genius podcasting we do. Yeah, thinking out of the Go box. Against the grain. Yeah, exactly. Um, and against all good advice so if you listened to last week's episode and have tuned in for this one thank you for listening to both if you've only listened to this one go back and listen to last week's one you'll hear us talk about some other matches such as Hell in a Cell Elimination Chamber I mean go back and listen to quite a few if you want all of them all of them yeah I mean there's only what, what like is? 92 of them or something to go through 92. something that, that that's just a guess off the top of my head I um, mean are we going to hit Wrestlemania season with our 100th episode no be a bit short I reckon we're on episode 93 
and there's uh, WrestleMania is in like four weeks' time. One, two, three, four Wednesdays to go. Uh, so we could cram some in <laughs> and then make our WrestleMania episode our 100th episode. PWP 100, baby. We need to do something special for our 100. Because as it uh, yeah, as it stands, our um, 100th will be I think 22nd of April, which it's just a bit nothing, really, isn't it? But you know, it doesn't have to coincide with a date. I mean, if you uh, the no, I don't mind. <laughs> Good point. Good Brilliant. point. Well made. Well, <laughs> on that note, um, if you no, never mind. <laughs> if if you would like to follow us on Twitter, if you don't already. You can find us at the underscore PWP, yep. where I occasionally say some things that are on my mind regarding the wrestling that I'm usually that I'm watching at the time. Get so there's sometimes I've got called a tosser on Twitter today. Ooh, haven't had a good tosser. I, in a I haven't been called a tosser in years. <laughs> Who called you a tosser? Uh, some Barnet player's brother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Might oh, be right then. To be fair. <laughs> and my response to him was. Tosser, are you ten? Call me a wanker. Like a real man. man. (laughs) Speaking of real men, um, you can find us individually. I'm not going to do the individual. Um, But we are real men. We've done a podcast. Thank you for listening, whether you're a real man or a woman, or whether you don't identify. Terrible, terrible link. Um, (laughs) uh, He's a man. Should have been the intro. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Go catch up on the last episode if you didn't already listen, and tune in next week where we'll talk about wrestling, more stuff, elimination chamber probably. Yes. So see you later. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>